my name is Janelle Roberts and welcome to Common Sense. Hi everyone, my name is Rowena Elliott. Welcome to Common Sense. Hi there everyone, I am Lindell Danzi Black. Welcome to Common Sense. Hi everybody, my name is Alicia Geronimo and welcome to Common Sense. Hi, I am Mahishia and welcome to Common Sense. Hi everyone, my name is Dominique Clark and welcome to Common Sense. Learn from mommy can't be a failure, gotta be somebody, gotta make some money. Common sense, you can't be a dunce dog, you gotta get sense Save every dollar, make investments, can't surround yourself with bare silly friends Watch common sense with my true, Facebook, Instagram, plus YouTube Get some look at and link with your crew, money conversations is what we do Gosh. Common sense, you can't be a dunce dog, you gotta get sense Save every dollar, make investments, can't surround yourself with bare silly friends Watch common sense with my true, Facebook, Instagram, plus YouTube some Lucas Aid and link with your crew. Money conversations is what we do. It's a beautiful Thursday night in downtown Georgetown, and we're here for another amazing episode of Common Sense. And tonight I'm featuring some amazing women, and we're going to be tackling the theme women and money. Last week we had a phenomenal session with the men, and I'm pretty sure that the women want to respond to some of the comments and statements made last week and we're giving them the platform to do exactly that this is going to be the final show in this series uh, where we started over three weeks ago on relationships marriage then we had the men and now we're closing it uh, with the women they say you save the best for last hence why the women are coming on last but before we get into the show i think it would be very bad of me not to acknowledge the fact that the producer, our technical guy, recently got engaged. And um, for all the ladies watching, I'm asking you to please leave him alone. He's engaged now. And um, set your eyes on somebody else, right? But we want to wish Lanzo and his fiancée fiance, <laughs> a wonderful um, engagement and soon to be newlyweds all right so like the page share the page josh and capital common sense on youtube send it to your friends and family and rock and come in grab your lucas aid grab your friends and sit down and enjoy some amazing conversations with some beautiful women and as you can see i'm sipping some wine from uh panjas in color cup and i want to shout out panjas the COVID restrictions are lifted and we'll be having panjas very, very soon. And it's going to be amazing. So you can already start budgeting in your financial uh, statements to ensure that you have money to buy the tickets for panjas for you and for your significant other. But we're now ready to actually get into the conversation tonight. You guys would have already heard about uh, the women on the panel and we're going to give each of them an opportunity now to share a bit about their life growing up, particularly surrounding their finances and their family and so forth. And we're going to start the ball on my right with my very dear friend who also recently got a child. Is it a boy or a girl? A girl. A, girl, a beautiful little girl. Congratulations on that. Uh, what was your financial situation like growing up? Okay, so growing up, um, I came from a single parent household, my mom and my two sisters. And um, 
I would say I didn't think that I didn't know that we were not rich until around secondary school. Uh, we were comfortable. I wouldn't say extremely rich, but um, a lot of my needs and I would say wants. I got the things that you know. I want this bicycle. I want this. I want that. It was available to me, so I had a little bit more than just my basic needs met. So I believe that I was rich. And um, my wake-up call came when I got a little older in secondary school. What exactly happened that woke you up? Uh, I would say independence, a little bit more independence taught me, or being around a different crowd taught me that, yeah, you're not rich. Your mother's <laughs> making this happen, you know? She only is providing to some extra extent but you're not rich. Leticia? Mm, um, I became really money aware when I was in, I think, grade six. Um, my mother was the type of person um, who always um, stuck her neck out and made sure she provided. Um, although I did grow up with both parents, my mother was the um, main breadwinner in that situation for a long while. Um, and I remember being in school because I went to um, Mays Primary, right? So um, everybody in my community where I lived kind of thought I was rich because nobody was really going to private school then unless they had some sort of money. But I wasn't. Um, but my mother made it happen. Uh, and I went and I had all, all of these friends. Um, and my mother made sure I, I just was accustomed to everything. So anytime I went to my friends and so on, I always seemed to make no stuff and be aware of things. Um, <laughs> But then I had somebody in my grade six class after I wrote um, common entrance at that time tell me that I only was lining with the friends I was lining with because they were rich and I was poor. And I didn't quite understand that. <laughs> so I think I went home and had a really awkward conversation with my mother. And we really spoke about a lot of things that I don't think I wanted to hear at 11 years old. But then I realized, yeah, you're too rich. You know, <laughs> my mother was a teacher. Um, and she made sure I had everything because I had like a lot of weird health things happening as a child But she made sure um, I always was taken care of and she would always tell me, you know, regardless of what Make sure you got something for yourself at all times. So I think that's something I kind of ran with for the rest of my life you know? Beautiful. Dominique? Um, I think I really got aware after I left high school and I began working going to school, funding my own tuition, and then everything just went... <laughs> <laughs> because um, I went to New Guinea, this is what, daycare, nursery school, then New Guinea primary, um, and then I went to the Bishop's High School at secondary, and I was still comfortable. My mother made everything happen, um, regardless of what I had to get done, it happened. I just knew it happened. And mm -hmm. as an only child and as a girl, everybody feels, oh, you're so spoiled. And I'm like, no. Everything I have, I had to work for it in some sense. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't just given, but I would say that I am selfish. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> because, you know, people with siblings, um, even if they don't get it, the sibling gets it. For me, if it comes in the house, 
it's mine, <laughs> regardless. So um, when I finished high school and I began working and then I realized, okay, so budgeting is a thing because now I have to pay my tuition, I have to pay my bills, and mom is no longer there to brace me in that sense because now I'm living alone, everything is on me, and I still have to figure out everything at the end of the day. So far, we've already heard about three situations where the, the woman sort of was the main breadwinner. So we're already seeing the power of women in terms of providing for their families. Uh, Linda, can you share a bit about your situation? Sure. You? Well, uh, my, my upbringing, I was the first child. And as a first child, I think you become more aware of so many things. I, I realized my, in, the matriarch of my family was my grandmother. Although I lived with my mom and I was a product of a stepfather type relationship, but my, my grandmother was always there and she was always very instrumental in my life. So she would tell me and we would talk about things that maybe, maybe she wouldn't, or a, a person wouldn't talk to a child about. So I was aware of the fact that we were very hardworking family. We were not rich, but we, we were very aware of the need for quality in our lives. So my, my, my siblings, they never felt that we were poor or we didn't have money. But I knew that we, always, we, we made a lot with what little we had. And I remember at 18 years, my, my sister coming home in, with a serious tantrum that she found out that we were poor. I mean, it was amazing to see this. Mm -hmm. And that, that, told, that tells you about how much we looked at quality. My, my grandmother used to say, class does, has nothing to do with money. And it is the truth. And as I get older, I, I keep on seeing that. So we, we were that family on the street that people felt had. That's because we never complained and we never shared. Up to now, I'm very private about my own personal life. Okay. So it's because of that. But yes, I was just an ordinary girl. <laughs> Arena? Um, I think I'm very similar to um, the ladies at the beginning as well, where, you know, the family... Well, I grew up with both mother and father, and um, growing up, you, I got a sense um, after going to school, like I think maybe more primary school as well into secondary school, where you know you're not rich, you're not well, well off in any way, but you're very comfortable in that things were provided, you had a little bit for a little social, um, you know, I, my, my parents were quite protective, so even like a little school fair, it was very, you know, can I go? <laughs> but then when you get the chance to go, there was always a little pocket money. And, um, and I think, uh, like uh, one of the ladies said earlier, high school, I think, is when it really, really hit because then there was something called allowance. And I'm like, what is allowance? <laughs> I carried it to school lunch. And if I didn't, then I would get a little money to buy lunch. But I'm like, oh, so you get money spent for the week. <laughs> Um, so like, you know, that's where I also became aware, but it's not a case where I, I wanted something and I couldn't get it. Um, if it's something outside of the usual, then, um, you know, it's explained to me that, okay, you can't get that now, but we'll be able to we'll work on that. So it's very similar, um, where of course, you know, both mother and father there, but like you, you 
often see your mother working extra in some ways. <laughs> so that was also um, for me. My dad, he did a lot of the, um, he would take us to school and pick us up and things like that. Um, but as it relates to doing, seeing that extra push, it was definitely you go to your mom for things that you want. <laughs> Janelle? Yeah, so my upbringing, I'd say that I, I feel like from the time I became aware of who I was as a person or as a young girl, I felt a great sense of responsibility because we grew up with our grandmother. I have three younger siblings and one older. And I felt, for some reason, I felt this great sense of responsibility for the three younger ones because the environment was not very structured. There were not many rules. So my grandmother, we had a shop a small shop and she should be selling most of the day so my sister and I we have very different personalities so for some reason I became like the I guess like the second mom <laughs> so it was a lot of responsibility from a young age so also from a young age I felt a great sense of independence because I felt like you know like I had to do so much and uh, then uh, when I became even more aware I realized that as much as she was making the day-to-day -day ends meet, we weren't really, you know, well off. And um, so I felt like um, I had to take that responsibility upon myself to get a job at a very early age, whatever I could do part-time or on the side, um, in between school or after school, holidays, to make some extra money. And then that money would go back into buying stuff for me to go to school and for my brothers. So... Um, I'd say that um, we weren't financially literate at all back then. Like I didn't see that. I didn't learn that until I became an adult. So it it when I when I realized what was happening, I, I I remember feeling like you know like we didn't have so much like the basic things. So I'd say like we, I had the basic needs met for survival, but not anything much that I wanted until I became older and started to work. Excellent, and I think it's very important that. Each of us interrogate ourselves, examine ourselves, and find out from ourselves uh, what we were taught, or whether consciously or subconsciously, about money and finance as children. Because if you look at yourself as an adult, a young adult, most of those same habits you learned during your childhood, you still exhibit them. Uh, whether you're conscious about it or not, you still exhibit them in your adult and young adult phase, and it can be positive or negative, depending on what you were taught during your childhood. So that's why I always like to hear about, you know, where people came from and, and how they grew up and so forth, because it, it sort of guides how they uh, channel their money and how they spend it and how they manage it. Now, media, movies, music, magazines, everything, uh, perpetuate certain stereotypes about women and one of the most popular stereotypes about women concerning money and this is where I really want to get into the conversation is that women are splurgers women love to spend uh, women are quote-unquote reckless and impulsive spenders <laughs> these are not my opinions right these are the stereotypes that are out there about women so don't come at me right um, I want you guys as women to respond to that stereotype. Is there any truth 
or is it total hogwash that um, women don't have the capacity or the capability to manage their money and to spend it in a wise manner? Anyone? Anyone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because we just, we just sat here and listened to what? what? Five out of the six women talked about being raised by women. I mean, in my household, I saw my grandmother, then my aunt, no father or, or anything. And even when you listen to them, I feel like women are more capable of saving and spending money wisely than men. Like, I, I didn't know that was a stereotype you just talked about, because when you were saying it, I was like, I thought that was men. Like, women are very careful. We're very smart, and I feel like we're very, um, we're very, um, Rural? Yes, Absolutely. when we're spending our own money. I mean, if someone is giving you money to splurge and you want to splurge, then yeah. But even then, I feel like we have a greater sense of um, responsibility when it comes to like the stuff that we get ourselves or what we get for other people or kids or so on. And we just, I just feel like we're more responsible, you know, like we're more like set on what we, yeah, and focus on what we want and what, what we don't want. I think a lot of that is because we were kind of forced to be, um, I don't think, I think yes, naturally, um, over time, women have had to fit into those roles, but, um, I do think that obviously over time, as women have had to be, um, main caregivers and breadwinners and everything, they've had to develop a better sense of financial literacy, a better sense of responsibility. So you pass that on to your daughters and their children and their children, and then it ends up being, at this stage, almost every woman you know is going to be very, very responsible with their own money because they have no other choice. Um, and because it's just the smartest thing to do. It's your money. You have to make the best use of it. Um, nobody's going to take care of you, so to speak, because um, even that is really controversial. You can't ask to take care of you, but you can't you have it's all over the place. <laughs> so in order to be, I guess, this quote-unquote modern woman that the magazines are also now throwing out there, you know, you have to be this independent boss, this, that, the other, you have to obviously know how to manage your money the absolute best way and provide for yourself and the family because the girls know what the girls want. So. <laughs> Even in terms of, like, not being the modern woman, if you look back at, okay, my mom, um, she was not financially literate, and now I know that by, by having conversations with mm -hmm. her. But she made it happen. And how mm -hmm. did she do that? It was her money. She had to manage that money. Mm -hmm. she, it, she had three kids, and she had to be able to be doing something right so that we can live the life and yeah. the quality of life that we live. So I'm, I can't agree with that. No. <laughs> and I mean, I manage my money and my husband's money. And that's like, you know, I mean, I think I do a pretty good job. You do, you do. <laughs> I think I do a pretty good job at where this money should go, where that money should go. And, you know, investments. Oh, in terms of investments, men, no. <laughs> and like spending, a man might spend something on more of a impulsive one than a woman. He might mm -hmm. go buy the PS5 as soon as it comes out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I might say, no, we can't afford that just yet. Mm -hmm. You won't buy the Chanel bag. No, I might buy the Chanel bag, but I'm going to wait for the sale. Right. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Well, well, my my take on this is, you know, going back to to Matthew's first question. Tell us about your childhood, because one of the things that I've found is, as you move from a childhood of of maybe not having every single thing you want to a time where we now have a job, we're independent. Yeah. Ladies, let's face it. You know how you splurged. Yeah. You know, when, when we started, I was like that. So I had a dress room oh. and a bedroom, you know, because I make my own money, you know, that kind of thing. But today, looking back on that, if I had to cost that, that time and that amount of money, that went into that, it would be a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So so over time, as we mature, there are things that we we think to ourselves, okay, that's not necessary. I don't need the Chanel bag now. I probably will wait for the sale. So maturity has, has caused us to look differently at how we spend the money. And then a lot of us were a parts of extended families. So you have to now take care of your grand aunt or your grandmother. You, your, your siblings, like, like, um, like, like Janelle and I spoke about, you know, you feel like you need to assist. So over time now, these things become less and less to where you get to a person like me now who's just thinking, you know, I think I can look at um, Mark Zuckerberg and, and get some T-shirts every day, same color. You know, I'm going into this kind of minimalist kind of lifestyle, right? But, but over time, I think we mature into it and our, our own um, responsibilities cause us to think differently. Whereas, you know how the men are, right? It's a guy. He don't really do all of that. He doesn't go through that. He wants that PS. Gets it. And he just gets it, you know? It's like, I remember one time a lady saying to me, she gave her husband some money to go and do some shopping and he came home with a, with a, key, a keyboard. So she said, well, where's the, oh, because I think it's a good idea. Now here goes the, you know, here goes the, the, the groceries for the month. <laughs> so that, that's my own take on, on this one. <laughs> I totally agree, just yeah. because when you look at the difference between a woman and a man shopping for groceries, mm. we will go to the market. Uh -huh. We can, you know, go to the stands and suss out and... A man will go to a supermarket mm -hmm. and the, 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 in terms of the vegetables at the supermarket, of course, it's a less quantity for more. It's well packaged. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I don't need to cut this off because this is already cut off. <laughs> We're going to go to the standard market and get what we need to get, deal with it. And so the amount of money you'll spend in a supermarket is way more when you have to take in, into account the meat and all of these different things. So that in itself, and, and that's just one part of the shopping, so to speak. And that to me goes um, full circle on the, the, the idea of we kind of like manage a little bit better as we need to making the decisions as to how we do things, especially financially. Because I think women think long term. Men just think, no, if I yeah, see it, no, sure. and I want it, yeah. no, I'll get it, no. Because I remember when my uncle used to live with my mom and I when I was smaller. When he first started working, I think that's when Timbaland was a really big thing. Mm. He just started working and he wanted a pair of Timbaland. And he took his entire salary and bought Timbaland. <laughs> so mom asked him what happens to groceries. He said, oh, we figured out by the time we <laughs> <laughs> Because he got what he wanted. 
Correct. Mm-hmm. And I want to jump in on Dominique's point. I think a lot of it also has to do with how men are generally raised, and I don't want anybody attacking me. I did say generally, yeah. because a lot of boys sometimes are sheltered from those realities, and their mothers look after them very well. So all they know, mommy bringing things, things happening. When money come, money's go, and all they know, money keep coming. And so a lot of times, obviously, there are always exceptions, where especially if it's a one child or something, your mother might be real with you and say, you know, this we got to work for X, Y, and Z. But a lot of guys, um, yeah. I think it takes sometimes growing up, maturity, dating, realizing, hey, I must go, I want to marry this girl and I can't afford to marry this girl. <laughs> so now how do I save to afford a ring, a wedding, a child, a house? How mm-hmm. a parent, like how are driving this girl around and all of these things? I, I think maybe a lot of people really sketch the self when they have uh, men, especially when they have those types of responsibilities. They don't have a choice anymore. I think women are allowed to splurge a little bit because I think that women have this type of mentality. If I need to live this type of lifestyle, I need to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. So I can't just sit in my job and make money there alone. Mm -hmm. I need to get a side gig. Mm -hmm. I need to get something else. I need to do a little influencer marketing. Something else to bring in that money because I want to live this quality lifestyle. A man whereby would want to live the quality lifestyle, but he's just going to work because he wants the rest of the time to watch TV, to watch basketball. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, he's not looking for that extra means to be able to live that lifestyle. So rightfully, you can't splurge. (laughs) (laughs) And and mommy mommy will still cook that food with with him wearing his Timberlands. Yeah. She will never ever say no food today because you <laughs> can't you so eat gonna eat the Timberland. He's gonna believe Mommy you were making it work. Exactly. You were yep. making it work without my salary, so my yep. my Timberland will be Excellent points raised by the women. <laughs> um, that stereotype is actually it's nonsense. Yeah. Um, statistically, it's been proven to be false. Uh, a study was done in 2018 and actually proved that women are better managers of money than men. Mm. Uh, They save more than men. Mm. But where the issue comes is women are more risk averse in terms of investment. So the statistics prove that, you know, the women, they have a lot in their savings, but they're not using that savings to make more money in terms of investing in a business or in the stock market or whatever because uh the perception is women don't really have time with, with that right <laughs> um how would you guys respond to that aspect now in terms of investment because i know a few of you have mm-hmm. businesses um which is an investment uh are, are women less risk takers are, are women less um, or more risk averse? And, and are you interested in investment? Women are, I would say that women are generally more uh, careful mm-hmm. with, with what they choose to invest in. Uh, they might take a longer time, do a lot more thinking and a lot more researching. Whereas they jump on some, whereas a man would jump on something like, okay, I heard this idea, I think it's a good idea. My gut says go and I'll go. Mm-hmm. But um, things and times are changing, and 
as you said, that study was done in 2018. 2018. We're now in 2022. <laughs> um, COVID brought mm -hmm. a lot of eye <laughs> opening to women because women now see that, okay, I look what happened and I just, I have this money saved up, but I can't do anything at the moment. So let me try and invest it in this business. What could, happen? What could be the worst thing? We probably might die. And that was our thought process probably in 2020. And so it, it freed up our minds a little bit and we took the risk. And so now that a lot of women saw women and what they were doing at that time, a lot more research and a lot more risks have been taken. A lot more women are investing into things. They're investing into the stock market, where before the stock market was like a man thing. Mm -hmm. um, you would find women doing foreign exchange trading, leading in places where they didn't previously lead. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe things and times really did change and now that view might have shifted a bit. Mm -hmm. I agree with her that things have definitely evolved, especially since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but I think another thing is that a lot of women tend to um, go with businesses or investments that A, they're either more passionate about generally. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, this is not backed by any kind of research at all, but in my opinion, I think those businesses are more likely to succeed once A, you're passionate, you're really passionate about it. It might take a longer time. You can be Googling and YouTube and all the millions of people and all of the funny like um, marketing and that's all of the yeah. stuff about it because you want to be really sure. And especially because you know you save your money, you know you work really hard for your money, you want your money. So I think, yes, we are more risk averse, but I think that is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, the whole delayed, not denied thing, because I might take five years to start my business, but I know in that five years I'm looking for funding, I'm on YouTube all the time, and on core on every other dark, creepy side of the internet trying to figure out how can I make this work without putting my family in financial pressure, without not being able to pay back my mortgage or something. How do I make this absolutely work? Um, I see women, as Alicia was saying, really, honestly, people are having these conversations on every social media I'm on. Um, they're trying to figure out, how do I get into the whole stock exchange thing? How do I get into Gassy? How do I, how do I do anything? How do I make more money? How do I um, make sure my family lives a better life? I live a better life. My children live a better life. How do I do all of that? So I think we're doing a lot more learning. We're being a lot more intentional with everything. And we're really pushing and pushing and pushing. Look at all the people during the pandemic. The amount of places that have opened since this pandemic has started, <laughs> and so many of them are women-led and women-owned. Yes. And they, they, it's been two years, and they're still yeah. active and growing. And people are, you know, opening little spaces and opening little shop front and everything else. So obviously, something is working. So. Yeah, I think on that, leading up on that, though, the the problem with the with the risk of averseness, I think it goes back to confidence. And just generally, it's always been with certain things, women um, across the board, you're going to have the standout person who will have confidence. And that's just that's not really, actually, no. I think you'll find where most women, they, they doubt themselves then. It's self-doubt. Where should I go ahead and start the business? What will happen? What will happen to, uh, you know, me looking after home? Mm -hmm. um, what will happen with um, my, if I have an enterprise, what will happen there? You know, so it's a lot of the self-doubt. Because I've been listening, well, this was a while ago, I think Winita had a program where she aired it once a week and she had women talking about their um, experiences. 
And so at least I think at least two or three of those women came on and say, you know, I should have I should have gone ahead with the idea when I thought about it three years ago, four years ago, mm-hmm. rather than wait. And and they all said, you know, I kind of have that bit of self doubt. So that's where it also comes from. I think the, the way that we take a little while to invest and even investing in ourselves. We know the idea is it's going to run. It's going to be good. I just need to apply. But then what happens? We always think about the what if. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do need to throw that aside. Even I've done that. I, I, I do it. So we need to be conscious about, you know, what if will happen. It will always happen. We have to cater for that. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, with the pandemic, the, the ladies mentioned, it kind of forced us because then a lot of women were also forced to stay at home, mm-hmm. had to leave their jobs to stay at home because the kids are homeschooling. So, you know, where am I, who am I sending them? So staying at home, you realize you're not cutting your income. Mm-hmm. So it's just one person that is now earning and you're going to make things worse. So that's where I think a lot of those, the confidence and, the, and then the, the push or the mm-hmm. I have no other choice yeah. kind of thing where let me let me start up this Instagram store. Let me start up this thing <laughs> virtually. A lot mm-hmm. of people I met, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, do you have physical location? No, it's virtual for now. Um, but it's been working because you notice they're growing, yeah. you know? So that's where it came from. And, and you're right, we've had so many persons bring up there what it's passion, what is something they learned. Um, I have a friend of mine that she somehow went into furniture making. She made me, well, herself and her husband, and she was spearheading it. And she made me a bookshelf. I was like, okay, I feel you doing this. Got a bookshelf that I want. <laughs> and I sent it to her, and, and she, they were able to do that for me. And that's something that they came up with during that time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's something that we really need to like stop self-doubting that's one thing I I also you know you think of women and how they accumulate wealth it's most women you hear who has a a bank who have a bank account that that person would probably start from from that one dollar and watch it grow then they're in the environment where they hear women in business are lamenting all the time that their access to finance is one of their major issues. So here I have started from day one with my only dollar and put it in and it has now reached $5 million. And you're saying to me, invest. And when I do invest to grow and scale the business, I will need access to finance, right? So where am I going? So the environment also has to be an enabler so that women will be able to make those decisions and make it strong. We, the men among us, when they, they are the decision makers in the household, they're the ones who probably earn higher than us, although they do the same work as us, right? They, they are also the ones who have access to finance. And so when, when I listen to my husband and his um, colleagues speak about business ideas, they almost already know where that money comes from, mm-hmm. right? And, and if they go back to the household, it's just to tell the wife, I can need a million. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's a different, it's really, yeah. you know, a different, uh, it's, it's, it's different to look at how women and men see investments. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I totally agree with you. These days, women are becoming more risk takers. And if I, I am not the usual one, I am a risk taker. I, I, I love I, I love business, you know. <laughs> Power. Yes. 
No, you go ahead. I have, I, hearing all the stories, I actually have a personal testimony or mm -hmm. story to share. So I was working in human resources for like two and a half years. And when the pandemic hit, that 2020 was just like a really horrible year for me <laughs> on all levels. And I had my small business that I was doing on the side for a few years that I was um, just doing it like on the weekends, after work or whenever I had time. And uh, during, the, at the end of 2020, the business started to pick up and I was like thinking, you know, like contemplating, should I leave this job and go into this thing full time? But like Rowena was talking about, I was like, at least at the end of the month, I'm sure that my salary is gonna cover my expenses. Yes. And I think, yeah, then I was thinking about buying a new car. So I'm like, so you add in an expense mm. now. So it's mm. like, it was such a risky move, but it was so worth it. Wow. It was wow. so, so worth it. So I did it. I went into my business full time and I can say that my business pays for everything now, wow. which is something that I never thought would happen doing handmade stuff. Yes. So, What's the name of the business? All Things Handmade. You can find me on um, Facebook yes. or Instagram. <laughs> all Things Handmade, G-Y on Instagram. Uh -huh. All Things Handmade on Facebook. I'm Janelle Roberts, and you can find the number right there if you want to contact <laughs> me it. for your um, handmade. So we do corporate packages and handmade cards. Wow. So corporate gift cool. packages. And I know you have some other business women, so now is a good time to... <laughs> Where I just had a baby, as Max mm -hmm. mentioned, and well, my husband works, but we work on a shift basis. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who is coming out of their house at 4 30 in the morning mm -hmm. and after 10 p.m. in the night. Mm -hmm. My shifts don't cater to a daytime shift, and mm -hmm. so I'm in a position now where I really have to make a decision on if my business will be able to sustain me. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can see it, but there's that security thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, um, I like my salary. <laughs> you know, it's safe. It's safe. Yes. 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 It's definitely getting out of that safe zone. Average worker, I would say that it's a little bit more on the top scale, mm -hmm. you know, and if I can't be able to pay myself that and some more from my business, mm -hmm. then what's the point? What the should point? I be doing? Mm -hmm. But I'm in that stage where I might take that leap, mm -hmm. and maybe sometime Marcy <laughs> can give you guys enough. <laughs> well, well, like like Marcy said, um, like Marcy said, put in the plug. Yeah. At Cerulean Inc., we work with small yeah, businesses so. to help them grow. <laughs> we do small business mentorship, so we will help you. Okay. Yeah, so give us a shout. If hey, you're watching, Kaya Organic is my business. <laughs> and um, now that you know, I'll be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that support. Oh, we no. offer and provide handmade hair and skin care wellness products for men, women, and children. And the intention is to grow and provide these products, provide education on self-care because it's very important to Guyana and internationally. So give us a... I was going to say that I used your product when I was bathing before I came here. <laughs> so really, really amazing product, right? 
Yeah. Uh, blue. Why that the blue thingy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the smell you are getting not weird. <laughs> Jerseys, you can yeah. pick them up at oh my yeah. <laughs> Now, Dominique brought out uh, a really powerful point at the end there about some of the challenges women face mm. in business and in life generally. She spoke about how some persons have dual personalities, and in a sense, they say they are for women empowerment and all these nice stuff mm. online, but when the rubber hits the road. It's a whole different, different situation. Dress. And one thing I've also noticed, um, particularly among men in the corporate world who have influential positions, when it comes to assisting women, there's always 
something they want in return. And I want to go there because yeah, that is something. There. I agree. That's something very yes. important that, that we need to address. Mm. Um, what are some of the challenges and experiences that that women would commonly face in terms of starting up a business? And also for those who are not business women, but those in the corporate world who may not be interested in owning a business because everybody can be an entrepreneur. That's it. Um, some persons have a passion for their jobs or whatever it is. Going up the corporate ladder, it's difficult for them unless they do X, Y, or Z, mm -hmm. which they ought not to have to do to advance if they have the qualifications and the necessary experience. Can you share a bit about, about some of the experiences and the challenges that women, women face? And I think oh, you're, you're the perfect me. person to start. <laughs> you're asking me first. Okay. So everybody knows me to be very outspoken. Uh, you know, if I don't like it, I'm just going to say, look, this is not right. I don't like it and I'm not comfortable with it. So this is, this is what I'm going to do about this situation. So I don't think many men like that, right? In a person. And so I have gone to, I have gotten into situations where I've gone to promote my business or to talk to a man about my business. And then he starts looking down my shirt. Or he starts to, you know, oh, yes, babe. And I say, look, don't call me babe. I didn't come here for that. I came here because I wanted to promote my business. Oh, well, you and I can't speak. I say, well, that is exactly what I was thinking. And so I walk out because I don't think that I need that. However, there are those ladies among us who might not be able to stand and address this issue straight to the gentleman's face. And what happens, you know, we all know the, 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 the consequences of that. What I want to always, always ensure that women know that you do not use your body or your looks for what comes out of your head, right? There are too many times that, that women are expected to, to have this kind of personality of submissiveness. If you are a Christian, the Bible says women submit to their, to their husbands. If you choose to do that, then you do that because you are a Christian. But there's nothing that says that you have to be submissive to any man. And that is the issues that I tend to be facing all of the time. I feel like sometimes because then, you know, gentlemen know that I will not, I will not stand up and, and agree with everything you say then obviously there are some, some who's just not going to be looking at me in the face. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them will, will, will almost speak over me. But we, we also know, need to know as ladies how to address these issues. So for me, I would say to them, if you will just allow me, and I sit quietly and ask him to allow me, and if he doesn't, I said, I just ask you to allow me, right? Because what happens is, you, you then become almost irrelevant in their minds. Uh -huh. And so that also is oppressing women. And some of the very same men who talk and say that they are empowering women are guilty of that behavior. Mm -hmm. And so we as women have to know what are some of the words that you use and sometimes how to walk out. Because we are not here begging. What we are doing is speaking to you like a man would speak to you mm -hmm. because we are running businesses like you. 
So I have had countless experiences with it to the point right now where I say to, to other women like myself, if you are scared to speak your mind, you will still be scared. You will still be afraid because you will sit there quietly and scared. I'd rather speak and still be scared. It's all right. It's cool. You understand? But I said what I said. And that's important because these are the things where we say, when, you know, in, in the women's chamber, we talk about having a voice for the voiceless. Because too many of our women who walk around talking strong, looking strong, do not stand up and say. And you have to get to a point as a woman when you say, if you don't get the support, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But when I, I have made my point, yes. right? And, and this, is, this is what it is. If it's wrong, you have to be strong enough and not afraid enough to be the only one speaking your truth. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is how, that's, that is what I say, at least to my mentees I say that, and I see them coming out really strong. <laughs> and to um, piggyback off yes. of some of what you said, because I, I do a thing on the side, um, mm. it's not as regular, and it's not as you know, client-facing and people-facing. Right. Um, it's more related to government contracts and small contracts and those mm. types of things. I remember when I was first getting started, um, nobody would take me seriously because my father helped me, you know, set it up because he knew some people who were doing it. <clears throat> and I went and I tried to introduce myself and literally nobody looked at me. Wow. And I'm a person, I like to take up space. I start now when I load and, you know, I'm always there. So it's not that I was a mouse in a corner. I was <clears throat> trying to take up that space, but nobody was really listening because A, there's this young um girl who walks into a ministry into an engineering department you come in to see somebody you don't come in to do actual work mm -hmm. um so i had a really hard time a getting somebody to take me seriously um another serious issue is that um i don't go and knock bottles with the boys right so a lot of people may get into certain spaces because of those um outside of their professional relationships um, and it's not always safe for me as a woman to do so. It's not always something I want to do. Um, I don't always want to have to go and knock bears with the boys and, and play dominoes with the boys and go over by the boys mm -hmm. in order for me to be taken seriously in that world. So it's been an actual struggle, um, having to show up often over and over again, having to call more often than men would, having to go and, and, and um, obviously there's intersections to everything. So I'm young and a woman, so that just makes it a lot worse. Mm -hmm. um, and I have seen a lot of times other women who are even older and they're having to struggle and literally raise their voices and scream and go and say, God, get this thing, I'll get up. Grabbing things um, that are otherwise given very easily to men that are handed off to other men very easily because even in, even in these times when people are talking about women getting into all of these different businesses and different fields and so on, a lot of people are still not taking that seriously. If I want to go do contract work, why do you assume? Because almost no contractor is doing the work themselves. Why do you assume that I can't manage a team or lead a team of people in the way somebody else does? Why, don't, why, you, why is there an mm -hmm. assumption that I don't know plumbers, I don't know weeders, I don't know carpenters, mm -hmm. but you do, but Amanda's. If I, and I am betting you, my brother who has zero interest in this type of work, if I were to send him, there would be an entirely different response. Um, and I, I can't say it's not fair. It is what it is. That's what we're living with. Um, but it is a challenge, and I see people, uh, women, are trying really hard to get around it. But it's still a really huge issue to 
to maneuver around. I'll jump right <laughs> off of your point, Natisha. Um, you said it. You won't say it's not fair uh -huh. because that's the world we live in. And be, being in business for I've only been in business for two years, but in that time, thankfully, I've been able to go into certain spaces among certain types of people. Uh, a lot of that being wealthy business men and women. And at some point before, I would always try to, you know, maybe you would want to access funding and da da da. And for the majority of that, you have to face a wealthy businessman, right? Mm. And um, before then, it used to stress me out because nobody, when I approach you and I say, okay, so what's your business? I'm made here in skincare. <laughs> and they're like, everybody oh, doing that next. Oh, you know, yeah. so yeah. they don't take that seriously. They don't see. Uh, I don't want to say they don't see the potential. They know the potential and they know that cosmetic industry has been growing vastly over the past two years. But you're doing it. You're small. You are not, you're a woman. You don't mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. the first thing going on here. And it would have put me in a place where I was thinking, no, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not my, you know. Mm -hmm. But I became... I became a little bit more accepting and I would try to advise other young girls and women who approach me for advice, don't let, you don't have to have a man. Mm. <laughs> and in the, in the, there, in, where we do have women who are not, who are just preaching women empowerment, mm -hmm. we have women who are, women, mm -hmm. who embody women empowerment. Mm -hmm. And we do have that in the business field. And I've met so many of them. Um, as I would have told you before we came on camera, I follow you on LinkedIn. And you're one of those women you might not know, but mm -hmm. I use a lot of what you preach or what you put out there to empower myself and um in doing so i kind of like put put away or shy away from this idea of wanting to fit into the men's world right. this is a woman's world so, <laughs> so in our world i make it work for me yes and, and we can make it work for ourselves then mm -hmm. i Women empowerment is, is now universal. It's not like something you have to fight for. Mm -hmm. We have we have yeah, that community. Yeah. So use it. Yeah. And you know, we gotta as women, we gotta be more conscious and more intentional about our community mm -hmm. and supporting our women because these are struggles that they, that some women face. Mm -hmm. And they would not being able to stand up and say, well, I'll use what I have, mm -hmm. use my, the resources I have, they kind of drop out to the race. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that. You want a community where women can say, we don't need men to do this. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not a feminist, right? I'm not a feminist. So yeah. I'll say that there are things that men head yeah. that um, we need them to, to head to work. Right? <laughs> but... Um, we don't need them to 
succeed in or in the world, right? We don't need them for validation. We don't need them for funding. We have rich, wealthy women who, who see your potential and who can mentor you to use that funding when they when you have the access to it. So we have women in the banks. The loan officers are always most times women. So use that negotiating skill. Use use that womanhood and push yourselves. We don't need to um, always have men to validate. It, just, just a quick thing before anybody jump in. I just wanted to give a, a quick story about a young lady that is, is one of our clients who does cosmetic. Um, similar, well, similar to you, but natural, all natural products. So she went in to speak with a, a gentleman who she was asking for some funding. Whilst he was saying, oh, everybody's doing that, she's looking, she says to me, she's looking behind him and he's selling all those funny, funny looking um, chem chemical ridden cosmetics. Mm -hmm. So she says to him, you're selling a bunch of rubbish. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, you didn't tell the man that. And she says, yes, I had to tell him. <laughs> because, so then long and short of the whole story is that he, he ended up funding her, by the way. Mm -hmm. Right. But what it is that he told her, he said, how brave you were to just say to me and sometimes as women we need to call it what it is yes. you know that you you selling all these chemical ridden products i'm coming to you with something natural yeah. something that's actually yeah. good yeah. enough yeah. yes yeah. understand your product know it well and be willing to sell it mm -hmm. you know so sometimes you have to take that step and that leap, leap of faith you know i just wanted to give that story yes. on for the men that still washing their hair with iris oh, oh. <laughs> I was going to say that's why the theme this year, Break the Bias, Break the bias. was so yeah. important because I personally get very upset when I experience stuff like that, where you hold women at a different expectation or you don't take us too seriously. And when your support comes, it comes so fragile. But I have to say, as much as I've experienced that, I've also experienced men who genuinely help and yes. support, yeah. right? So I know we sat here and we talked a lot about it. That, that is very real. It's there. Yeah. Trust me. Every other person, every day, you deal with that. And, and the thing is, like, I'm really glad that I'm here hearing this because sometimes you feel a bit timid mm -hmm. and also you don't want to be offensive. It's yeah. like you're thinking about your business. And it's like, um, should I just say this? Should I wait? Like, when is the appropriate time to tell this person, you know, this is a pro inappropriate. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. But what I would like, like, when we think about the challenges we encounter small businesses or women in business is that you just, just take us seriously, you know, because... It starts with us taking ourselves seriously. Mm -hmm. And then when we go there to sell our product, it's like, you know, I mean business. I'm selling, a, I'm selling an item. I'm selling a service. I'm selling my business. And I don't know why it's so hard for them. Well, some, not all, some, to look at you as a woman and just decide, you know what? This is a woman in business. I just want to support her. Mm -hmm. I don't need anything in return. Yeah. I don't need absolutely anything. But I have like a few weeks ago, and also not just the corporate world, but like bigger or more established businesses. A few weeks ago when we had, well, in February, when, we, when um, I was preparing my, my Valentine's Day line, I wanted to do, I have an online store, but not a physical location as yet. And I wanted to do some pop-up shops. I went around to different businesses asking if I could just get a space for maybe a few hours to just, you know, a table or shelf, anything. So I could display my cards. 
most of them were asking me how much am I willing to pay? I mean, which I was, right? But it was, it was just such a business transaction. You know, you want a space here, you come, you want things. But I met one business and it was a male, a very kind, very polite, very respectful, without no hesitation, just said, it's fine. Even gave up a, um, a piece of, actually it's Oasis Cafe. <laughs> Even so, yeah. so props, so props, props, props to them, right? Gave up a piece, the, um, a piece, a table in the, in the um, cafe for me to set up my cards, give me the space for a shelf. I saw customers come to the door and left, but they just felt like it was more important for me in this day to support this small business wow. or to support this girl than it was for my business. And I felt so, so grateful for that opportunity. I mean, they probably didn't see it as like how I saw it, but for me, it was everything. The fact that they took that chance with me one, and the fact that they believed in the products that I showed them, and the fact that they were just so welcoming and warm about the entire um, the entire initiative, posted me on their social media page and the business, like the full works. So I just wanted to say that there are men out there that are genuinely interested in helping, that are, that are looking for nothing in return. Mm -hmm. it's, an, it's not an, an enabling environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you going back to just on the corporate bit because I'm not a business owner. Uh, you find where you try to you try to stand up or you try to uh, speak out against certain things, of mm -hmm. course, um, that you you come across. But then you after that you're then I guess in a way punished because then you don't have the access or you don't get that promotion. Yeah. You, you don't. Yeah. I don't put in that word for you because you didn't put out so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you know they're gonna be like, oh well, then you're not serious because they got other people that could do that. I'm like, so that's how you see women, you know, as an object. And just yeah. going off of an experience of a friend of mine, um, she shared with me, you know, a, a company. She, what she does, she has a professional career that she is. Um, what her main profession. But she also has a business um, as well. And so somebody was basically like talking to her on the professional career, that, that what she studied. And, you know, they chimed in. They started off with a bit of a, um, you know, what do you do? And, how, how, you know, how the hell is that during been? And then throwing a, but you're so beautiful for that kind of mind. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not supposed to be cute and smart. Right? <laughs> so that's like... That, that things like that, and I don't really understand mm -hmm. it. That it's it's very demeaning and very mm -hmm. disrespectful for you to say something like yeah. when you're cute, you're supposed to be dumb, or, or yeah, um, or they, they, they do this little thing. Um, you're so young and working so hard. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. so those things. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And so for those little things that it, it's snide comments to me that, that yeah. make you feel like a little bit and then some people wouldn't have the, the voice as you said, a little timid yeah. to like, you know, stop it in the tracks. Mm -hmm. And then that in itself, because you didn't kind of stop it, becomes enabling and then they throw an out and then they throw an out and then they keep throwing a ball. And then yeah. you end up being something that is out of control and, and sometimes it's not meant to be, but it's just that we're too scared to say something. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we just need to be very conscious. I mean business owners, mm -hmm. women coming up. Um, women in the boardroom, so to speak, you know, you have to be able to find that voice. I myself, you know, it took a while for me to be able to speak. I've always, I always talk in my head. I always get my face. <laughs> but to say it sometimes is very conscious. I'd be like, yeah. So that you can kind of like see it without me saying it. Because a lot of times also when I say things, uh, I mean, in the past, now I kind of get better as in it comes across bad or disrespectful. And you don't want that. But you also just want to be stern and to say it respectfully. 
um, unless they become disrespectful. And then you kind of, to me, I, I will return on that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you want to be able to be taken seriously, so you don't you don't react in that way. You react in a very respectful manner, and you say what you have to say, so that they get the point. You know, uh, you don't want to listen. You're enabling a very bad environment, and not because somebody else. You're taking advantage of somebody else who can't speak up. It's mm -hmm. pretty, and that's a bit, that's a bad culture. There is yeah. there is also, ladies, another thing, and and Matthew, that that I also want to caution against. It is something that. I find with a lot of women, um, women-led businesses. If I'm going into a business environment and I'm going to ask, okay, if I walk into Regis because I want to talk to Rowena about setting up something here or whatever, I am coming here with a mindset to do business. And when you are when you are doing that, you do that with a mindset to want to pay. And I have, because of the business that I'm in, I am in, in a corporate training and, and business consulting. Many people come to you wanting you to help them as a small business, but not with a mindset to pay. And, and this is something that I keep saying to, to, to a lot of small businesses, especially women, that when business happens, there's an exchange, mm -hmm. an exchange of information, at a price an exchange of product at a price and so when we go to men it's also important that you are portraying that same type of business acumen mm -hmm. it's very important because that somehow causes those who are not of the right elk <laughs> to say the wrong things to us you know and that is important where where we uh, we in, in in even in the chamber and in my business i say men and women in partnership for development and if you are partnering you are looking for an exchange mm -hmm. you know all right so mm -hmm. common sense we're coming live from rigas and um, mm -hmm. we're just having a very wonderful conversation with our women and you want to shift the conversation a bit from business uh, i want to tackle one quick question uh, about finance and then mm -hmm. We begin to wrap up the program. I want to hear about some experiences that you guys have had in terms of some mistakes that you would have made, whether in your business or financially, because I think for young women watching, it's very important for them to know that uh, from time to time we mess up. And this is one thing that I personally hate with a lot of financial advisors. Um, they're beat. Beat you down in a sense like uh, if if you if you use coffee every day you're gonna be poor if you have a Netflix account and Starbucks Starbucks and I really hate that line of, of financial advice because cutting back on Netflix is not really going to make me rich um, not drinking coffee every day is not going to make me rich right but from time to time even when we set up a budget. I, I have a friend that I'm sort of a financial coach and she, whenever she makes a mistake with her budget or spends more than she odds to or more than she budgeted for, it's a whole emotional breakdown, you know, like I'm done with budgeting for now, I don't have any time with this and I try to explain to her that from some months you're going to go above. Yeah. Once you recognize, you know where you went wrong, you can always pull yourself back up. 
But I think it's very important that persons know that in life you make mistakes. So if you have any of those experiences, now is a good time to share some. I have this one where I've generally always been a big saver or good saver in my head. Um, but in the last couple of months, I've had a, like, a lot of adult expenses, very annoying. Um, and they've thrown me off my butt in a bit. And I literally sat there and beat myself up for a couple of days. And in that beating up, I went out and spent more money. <laughs> so I just, it, it just went from bad to worse to worse. And it's just like, it, it did not work out. But it brought me back to a, a place where I had to realize that budgeting is a guideline. Um, and that life is not static. Life evolves. Things will change. Circumstances change. And your budget, at least my budget, has to give me room and the opportunities and the chance to fall off, pick up. Some months I can save more, some months I might have a necessary expense that might, you know. So it's not like, if I don't save $100 every week, I'm going to die. Because, you know, sometimes I might have a birthday or I just, not, I just really want to celebrate something or I want to buy something nice. I work really hard. I've, I had a really rough February and I feel like this is a good time for me to spend a little more and really enjoy myself. So I think sometimes you, you must allow yourself to you work really hard yeah. and all these Sure. On all the investing and saving and doing all the really hard grinding stuff, sometimes you gotta let yourself live. It's only one of these you got. It's only one of these lives you got. Sometimes you just need to breathe and let yourself live, and that's that's my piece. Mm-hmm. For me, um, and I advise strongly against this. <laughs> the Instagram, social media, go get it, hustler girl boss lifestyle it can build you or it can break you and one of my biggest mistakes and i will tell anybody um just got a job or just started to make some money for themselves telling me that i want to buy a car no 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 do not go unless you have a savings A car is a liability, mm-hmm. and it's a liability I'm paying still, and I've been working for almost five years. So I don't advise that persons try to rush themselves, especially if you're young. Mm-hmm. I got my first car at 20, and I had no business having my first car. <laughs> Unless I was, you know, financially stable. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I tell myself, you don't have to be the most um, stable person financially to get luxuries but don't go drowning yourself in certain Mm -hmm. things if you know that you can't be able to sustain Mm -hmm. that lifestyle have some type of ground first before you go investing in in these kinds of things because it can lead you into years and years of Mm -hmm. having to pick up the the mess Mm -hmm. that you made at the beginning there I, I don't think anybody will be buying cars right now with these gas prices. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Get out your bicycle! <laughs> you know what's funny that you would say that is that when I was buying my car, because I had a car before and I was getting a new one, someone told me that, that getting it was a liability, but I knew that the business that I do, mm. it's, it's like almost impossible for me to do it without a car because the money that I'd be spending on taxi, I mean, with the car, I have the convenience. Like every time someone comes into my car for the first time, I just, they just look in the back. I was like, don't look in the back. This car is a work car. This car is a work car. And that's what I do with it every single day. 
that because I'm meeting clients because I work from home. So I'm meeting my clients in um, like wherever they are. I'm transporting the packages, transporting items when I'm buying stuff in town, I'm buying it in bulk. So like I need it and I'm like in, out, in, out all day, every day. Mm -hmm. So I guess with something like that is like that's when you need to know, like when you take a risk or when you take a leap of faith. It just so happened for me that it worked out. And um, the business really picked up, but I understand what you're saying because I had it not. I hope that your business is financing those gas bills. Had it not? Well, my business is financing everything because I'm not getting income anywhere else. So, yeah. For me, I'd probably like to address a bad investment because you actually ask about personal and You know something go wrong and you just can't, you can't even talk about it? And I was and I was stunned for like two years. I, I, I'm joking. Yeah. So so you know when 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 I was a, a, a hot shot new young business <laughs> mogul, I called yes. myself then. I decided that I was going to invest in a in a in a project in Saint Lucia. Um, I was actually still I was living in Ghana already, and I took some. I think it must have been what almost like. Forty thousand U.S. dollars, oh. and I made a very bad investment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could not. I, I, I kid you not. I could not address it. Yeah. Every time I thought of it, it's just like, okay, let, probably I should just no, no. Let me go and sit at Pegasus and have <laughs> you know have a juice because you know I don't do have a juice. But anyway, um, it it was. It, this investment happened among people among people I knew, and nothing like when you believe that because people know you that they're going to support you. Mm -hmm. I learned that the hard way. So you know, sometimes you see a business thriving or you see somebody doing well, and they always tell you the glory. The story is like the hardest thing. Right. When when I, I employed a marketing company, they did the marketing and I, I found myself literally on the spot marketing to people and the marketers were having drinks and having a good time. I mean, it was everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Right. And my husband was super supportive as usual. Don't worry. Everything. I'm like, that's 40,000 US dollars. It's a lot of money, yeah. you know. So, so I am. What, what I'm saying to you is that it will. Sometimes it will be a bad investment. Sometimes it will be an investment worth not talking about <laughs> ever again. But, but the point is, you can only learn or grow, mm -hmm. and that's what happened to me. What did I learn the hard way? I learned find the experts, even with your own budgeting. So there are many people who are experts and there are experts there are people who would help you with your budgeting help you with your financing for your business you have to be able to select right ask them about their qualifications ask them about who they have worked with their successes so i didn't remember all of i didn't have all of that back then i just had a nice you know fancy degree and i thought i was bright so so you know sometimes you have to be able to speak to the experts and ask them 
The reason why we have five star and five star seem to be the, the standard for everything from Amazon down to a pair of glasses or even a chain that you're buying. It, it's based on reviews. That is the reason. Find out, have they done it before? You know, who, who's succeeding because of what you're telling me you can yeah. do for me, right? And, and I really believe that you have to allow yourself, you know, to, to, um, to, to go through the ropes and enjoy your life. But there comes a time in your personal life, like right now with some of the investments that I'm doing, I need to get a finance person, mm -hmm. right? Because I had reached to that spot and I had to make sure that I chose it right. And I made sure that I got the right experts. And that's important, right? So fail sometimes and just embrace it. <laughs> I, I think... Yeah. One, one of the things I heard Kirchhoff say last week, mm. um, his father's a pretty successful businessman, mm. but he did mention that his father made some terrible mm. investment choices. Mm. And many of the persons <laughs> we glorify in business and in yeah. finance, we see the successes, but we don't hear about These stories, the oh poor my gosh. choices that they would have made. Mm. So it's very important that persons know that from time to time, yeah. You might have a well-fleshed-out plan, well-fleshed-out idea, but sometimes it might flop. It, it mightn't, you might want to do a podcast. You start a podcast. <laughs> Nobody's watching it. No, no, we'll share it. We'll share it. We'll share it. We'll share it. <laughs> right? And, we share the <laughs> So things like that happen, and yeah. you just have to roll with the punches in life. Yeah. Maybe um, you were better off with Matthew as your marketing Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Imagine I'm standing there trying to market yeah. and these guys are having drinks, you know? <laughs> All right, so we touched a bit on business, we touched mm. a bit on finance, and we touched a bit on men. Um, last week when I brought up the women, when I, when I mentioned that we're going to touch on the women, there was a massive laugh among the panel. <laughs> this panel is a bit quieter. <laughs> But maybe they're saving the fire mm. when the question is actually asked. Mm. Now, I've mentioned this for the past two weeks. Relationships between men and women have changed because of the different financial situations. Women are more financially empowered now. Women are more educated. Mm. Women are graduating with degrees and jobs. Mm. Way more than men. Like I mentioned earlier as well, women are better statistically better financial managers than men. <laughs> um, how has the shift in the dynamics between men and women, particularly financially, affected romantic relationships? Um, I'm going to start out with that yeah, before yeah. I... You went over the side yeah, next actually, time. Yeah. <laughs> Me, me, me? Oh. You could probably start one of the married yeah. women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, maybe we'll get a more young marriage point of view and then we'll get a more. Yeah, indeed. You know. Um, for me. All right. Let me just. <laughs> she has to be very careful with what she says yeah. earlier. I have to. I don't think mm -hmm. that 
my husband is as financially literate or driven that I am. He's just basically, here's the money. I work, I do what I have to do. I make the money, then as long as the bills are paid, okay. <coughs> That's basically it, you know. Um, I don't think that he would go do like budgeting and take the extra mile to go and figure out how could I um, probably get something like life insurance, mm -hmm. you know, life insurance investments because life insurance now has mm -hmm. certain types of investment aspects <coughs> in it where you can get back savings mm -hmm. and all of these things. It's basically for him, and that's just I maybe that's just his personality. I don't know if that's a general thing, but I would more manage the financials and do the budgeting and do the allocation and all of that stuff. Um, in terms of where our income goes, I'll share some of that. Um, when we when we get our salaries, we put our salaries together, and then we pay the bills, and then we split it back. Mm -hmm. So you get your spending there, and I get my spending there. Savings is catered, emergency is catered, and well, we put something. Well, we pay our normal debts, and then we put a percentage to. An additional uh, payment to that debt and we pay from the smallest debt going up so that we finish the debt off right mm -hmm. we do that but then my business is my business you're not gonna get any of that money. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to have some extra money there you don't need to go and extra money somewhere <laughs> yeah you gotta apply for a part-time job yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the business <laughs> come work for me <laughs> A woman, I'm not the independent. No, mm -hmm. we're gonna pay those bills. I'm gonna help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you're the man. You're mm -hmm. the man. You do that stuff. Yes, <laughs> you take Correct. care of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not the type of woman woman where I think that you need to do everything for me wholly and solely. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think that I'm going to take all of what I get and give it into managing and maintaining because I'm doing what you're doing plus double. Mm -hmm. You know, I still have to manage the business. I still have to work just as much as you work. We work the same hours and I have now the baby and I have to feed you and I have to cook and I have to make sure the place is clean and all these things. So for us, what we try to do is create some kind of mutual balance with the funding. Like we pay stuff together and we do split um the fun money. We split we split we split the we split the money so but we split the responsibilities as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have this burden and right. and I'm not helping you with any mm -hmm. of that. So I think for our young people, um based on what I hear from other young people, we have different morals and values in terms mm -hmm. of our family and how we do stuff. Yeah, and it works for us. Yeah, that's it. I think it's something that works. Yeah, yeah. There's no one size fit all when right. it comes to this. No, no. Okay, so I think I'm the next one. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> what I will say, ladies, marry your friend. I married my friend. So, you know, something go wrong, and I call her in and say, man, you know, what happened? <laughs> I have that with my husband. So that has permeated our entire lives in terms of even our finances and how we see finance. We have always been, he's always been super supportive of what I do. Um, he's all, he also, we, we also know which one of us are best at what. Yes. So he knows that I'm good at budgeting and financing for the family, not, not everything else. Huh? I'm, I, I'm not a finance person. But for our family, I am very shrewd about certain things. So I will do that. He is very good at keeping record. And um, Lynn, did you talk to this person, that person? And he has all of the record. Oh, he's fantastic. So I say, you do that. You see? So that works for us. Then <clears throat> our relationship has been based on trust. Yes. So he never, ever feels that I am not coming to the table with everything. Mm -hmm. And I never ever do it, right? When we, when we talk about our family matters, it is on the table. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like, oh, you know, he might be using my money somewhere else, mm -hmm. or I might be. Even down to setting up the business, we did it together, right? So whatever comes in, it, it belongs to the family. We've never in 20 years had a quarrel about finance. And that works for us. Um, and you know something we did that was subconscious? When I met him, I told him of my finance. When he met me, he told me about his finance. And we looked at both of those, those situations and decided on how are we going to work it. I remember when I met, imagine in, in, in 1993, I think I met my husband. Um, he was driving a brand new Hilux. I'm like, you can't afford this. <laughs> you can't afford this. We can't afford this if we have to go anywhere. You know, because at that time we were like you, young, um, you know, earning not a lot of money. But my boy is fat. I said, no, 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 no. So let's do something a little cheaper, right? Let's sell this, let's do that. So, so that was, that's, the, that's the reality. So we had these conversations. When we had to get car, uh, a car, I said, I made some very clear statements. I am not the mother with the baby running in the bus. <laughs> I'm telling you, sir. So the day that ever happens, there are some things that has to happen for me. Mm -hmm. So he, the, the day, I, actually, I got the car because I'm not carrying that baby. You know, the, the, what, what really did it for me, ladies, is that I was going into a bus, you know, as a young girl, and saw a lady running in the rain with the baby, and that child had hit to the top of that bus. Oh my gosh. I felt I was going to faint. The woman looks like if she was going to faint. I'm, I'm trying to help her with the bags and all of that. I was like, uh-uh. So, so in the finance conversation, women need to make some standards for themselves, you know? So I made that standard clear, and he was quite good with it, you know? <laughs> So, so, but the point is, is the openness, the trust in the conversation. Very important. Don't be having six and seven and eight a, a bank accounts and how many loans and you tell the girl you ain't have nothing. <laughs> Whereas when the, when the marriage happens, she puts her little money with it and then it all goes into a black hole. So, you know, trust is an important thing. So that's, that's my, my two cents on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
I think in, in my case, as yes. a, a very unmarried person, <laughs> that's just, just dating, just doing yes, the thing. Yeah. Um, in, I have, oddly enough, always earned more than everybody I've dated. Mm. I now come to this realization. Um, and it's usually been an issue. In this relationship, it hasn't. Um, thankfully, because I'm, I got older and I got wiser and I laid certain characters on the table from the inception. And I fast, I just got to find out like what people are earning and how they manage their money very, very early, so, way, way too early. Um, because I remember a past relationship I had where we were teenagers coming into like 19, that, that, that age, you know, everybody now start working, now get a little independence. Um, and I remember that person started earning a bit of money and they weren't paying any tax on it. And every week they were earning um, about $40,000. So at the end of the month, it's $160,000 without tax. And this was years ago. Um, so that was well, what people did consider really good salary at that time for a young person, no experience, just out of high school, doing nothing. Um, but this person, A, didn't have a bank account. B, didn't know how to save. C, had zero dollars at the end of the week. And... I realized that I can't live with that type of thing um, as much as I am fine with managing, helping, doing all that sort of thing. I don't want additional stress when it comes to financial-related things. Um, I have seen people in my family and beyond make those mistakes, and I've always promised myself I'm never getting married in that situation. I'm never making that mistake. I am never bringing children into this world having to Stress about children and stress about the man. I can't do it. So if I am, exactly. So if I am on this particular path of understanding what I earn and where my money goes, then I have to date somebody who either keeps me really accountable, as the person I'm dating now keeps me accountable. Like today I wanted to splurge on something and the person had to remind me like I'm saving for this particular thing. And that was really, really important to me because... <laughs> I was just going to buy excessive food that would have been wasted. That I, I wasn't even hungry. I was like, oh my God, this looks nice. Let me buy this. Um, and it wasn't a need. Um, and I'm saving for, for this particular thing. Um, I think since I was young, I've always wanted to you know, save for particular things. I remember when I was in second form on Blackberry. It was a really hot thing. And I really wanted this Blackberry curve, 8520. And he cut it out from the newspapers, right? This is a and I and I put it in my little diary and everything. And I used to tell myself, yeah, every day I gotta get this phone. I gotta get this phone because it was about thirty something thousand back then. That was way too much for a phone. I could not have asked my mom for that. So I saved and I saved my really small allowance, really miniature allowance, and I saved and I saved and I saved. Denied myself food sometimes. Made sure I got that phone, and that was that was the first thing I did on my own, and I was. 13 and I was super super proud of that and I think that kind of shaped the trajectory of my like saving life so if I want a, a shoe I'm not really that person but whatever I want um I've always like sat down and planned it out and tried to figure out how am I going to get this what will it take so at this stage in my life I can only date somebody who thinks that way or who probably tries to outdo me with the whole finance thing but um I do yeah. agree with um, you two ladies in terms of I like to be the financial reigning because um, I do think that sometimes um, men 
think of things a bit differently and i may sometimes have to say you don't really know that you don't really need that car part this month you really don't the car will survive it's not unnecessary it's not maintenance it's just something to be cute with or something so can i um can we do this differently can i use this money for a different thing etc etc something like that so i think for the most part i try to be that person even though we're not married we don't really live together um but we've been supportive of each other's goals and i know the whole lending money is a controversial thing but i just lend people money but only if i know the person's history and i know the type of person that person is so yes i lend my money don't matter <laughs> i lend if it's friends or anybody i lend people i would lend anybody money once i know that it's going to be used for something that is good and i'm gonna pay back because i like the bank i like my things so mm-hmm. yeah to add to what she's saying, I think for us that are unmarried and just dating, like it's absolutely important at what point do you introduce? I think that's like a whole lot of po- podcast by itself. <laughs> at what point do you introduce the, the talk or the conversation about money? Because you don't want to go too early and you don't want to go too late. Right. And um, I feel like um, and also you don't want to open up too much of your life mm-hmm. and then have that per- and then it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like for me, it's so tricky as to. What point do you say, you know, let's break? For me, though, it's like when you get to the part where you're deciding to commit to this person mm-hmm. and you're no longer dating, you're no longer looking out, you know, you shut down everything else and mm-hmm. you decide in your mind that I'm going to make this relationship serious with you. Of course, I'd like to know that, you know, like, should anything come up and I, my money run, runs out, like, I'd like to know that I have a partner that I could turn to that has money as well. And I feel like... Uh, and I, I know, like, in Guyanese society, they like to, um, and I heard pieces of it in last week's podcast about women being gold diggers. <laughs> and the guys had a great laugh about it. But what Matthew was saying is that, you know, even if I was a woman, like, I'd be thinking, like, I do want a man with money. And that's absolutely fine. Like, it's okay to be a woman and want a man that, that has money and provides everything. And it's also okay to be a woman that wants to be independent and work hard for your own money. But for me, I have a problem being in a relationship with a male and I can't turn to them for money. Right, that's that's a need for me because I know that I work hard and I know what I bring to the table. So I want to know that when I come to the table, there's something there already waiting for me. I don't want to struggle with you. Not not at this age. Not at this age. Maybe what maybe when I was younger. But at this age and at this stage in my life, like I've worked really hard to get here. And I feel like us women, like, we find ambition sexy, you know? So mm-hmm. we want, like, uh, for some men, like, uh, success is not an issue for them. Like, they don't care. They can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. And then for some, like, there are some just thirsty for, you know, they're working, they're out there, they're hustling. And that's what I look for in a relationship mm-hmm. or in a man. So when it comes to the finances part, we both have money. Mm-hmm. So it's not, a, it's not an instance where I am fully dependent on you. Yep. It's a, it's a situation where I can take care of myself, but I'm open and allowing you to do it as well if you want to and if we talk about it and that's what is um, establishing the relationship. Like, that's fine. So for me, I don't like to see women as um, gold diggers or call them that. I mean, there are instances where that's the case, but 
there's um there's it's 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 relative so it's mm-hmm. like you said you know it's like when you get into it with whoever you just decide what works best for you works best for you and that's it yeah, yeah. i think just another small piece because i know we, we gotta wrap up um <laughs> but yes. i've always believed that it's um pe- people must you must be able to allow people to want what they want and even yeah. as early so says she's not a feminist i know somebody in coming in comments ready to crucify something but part of what feminism and all of this will have to um, be about is allowing people to make choices that are the best for them that are right for them um, whether that's in dating whether that's in any particular belief system and all of that whether even with money um, generally because I do believe that I do want somebody who can take care of themselves and take care of me because I take care of myself and I can help take care of that person as well exactly. so I think for a lot of people especially in these times it's very mutual and what works for you works for you is you can't look at somebody else's relationship and say, oh, I want this. Mm-hmm. Oh, because, like, I remember um, Keisha and Cohen came on and a lot of people were in the comments, like, crying because, like, because Cohen has give Keisha all his money. And, and, and it's like, <laughs> I, and I'm sure, like, I know all these things are said really um, in a fun, light way and, and, and specific to people's relationships. But I'm sure somebody's out there in a corner thinking, I want that to be me or I want that to be, all right. So you have to think what works for me, what works for mine might not work for somebody else. So we get a lot of blasts with that. Yeah. Like when Johnny would say to somebody that he gives me, I take care of money. I have his salary. Mm-hmm. So that's like, oh, why are you, you what kind of mom is you? <laughs> See, yeah, I like the balance. Right now, we're giving this guy to control your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that works for us. It might yes, not work for exactly. our relationship, but mm-hmm. that's what And a gold digger, folks, is a person in my mind who do nothing and look for a man with money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If you work, like you were saying to mm-hmm. You're working and you're saying, I would like someone who, who's hustling as, uh, like me or, yeah, or more than me. me. Yeah. That is not a wrong thing. Or if you take care of the world. Yes. Or mm-hmm. if you, the, the thing is, uh, you know, I guess the gold diggers are the ones who show up fancy, <laughs> they all day, sip tea, and expect somebody to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> different type of person. You know, yeah, I totally right. agree with that. Um, I, I don't believe well, it was not that I don't believe, and I kind of understand the concept mm-hmm. of an independent woman, but then just like, um, you know, as you were talking, it came back. There's this movie, I can't remember the name, with Taraji. After Money. After Money. Well, that one too, to but that. the one I was thinking is when she was this big executive and she, uh-huh. she the guy was a chef. Yeah. You know, and oh, she yes. really was making way more than he was. Yeah. And she had this lifestyle or this thought in her head that she must be independent. Mm-hmm. And, and what it takes for me, it comes back also to like making kids. My, I have a friend that said, you know, if I didn't have my husband, I don't know how single parents do this. I don't want to live that life. Mm-hmm. And I depend mm-hmm. on my husband. And I let my husband be a husband. Yes. You know, and so mm-hmm. I'm not, and, and that makes sense because mm-hmm. I'm working, you're working. I, I know what, what the level of independent is, is that I don't have to struggle for certain things. Yeah. But then, as you said, I don't want to struggle with you either. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is, it really comes back to a lot of things that my friends, they don't realize that little things that they say really brings back like to points in my head and I always remember it. I had another friend that said, you know, I'm not going to um, make a baby with my, my girlfriend just because we've been together for so long mm-hmm. and I can't give her a life or I'm not going to go engage her and I can't give her a life that her father gives her. Mm-hmm. And she's well off and her father gets, you know, you know, she lives in a house. He's like, I can't take her out of that house and put her into a house like it. <laughs> then I can't take a shower. 
So it kind of, so some people kind of understand that structure mm -hmm. that, you mm -hmm. know, independence don't mean, or being an independent woman don't mean that you need somebody, um, you don't need a guy. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, bring the money, buy me things, make me look like, you know, I could do it, but you could do it too. Mm -hmm. Similarly, so, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you must be able to lean on the person. Mm -hmm. and, and so you never want to be like, you're in a jam and you can't even go to the person yeah. that you're in a relationship with. Yeah. So then I in a jam, you're in a well, jam. Yeah. 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 I think it works both ways. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I can't remember if the guys mentioned it last week, but if my guy is in a jam, I should be able to help. If I'm okay. in a jam, mm -hmm. he should be able to help. Yeah. Anything I ask for, mm -hmm. I can reciprocate in any mm -hmm. way, shape or form. I'm not going to ask for something that I know if his back is against the wall and comes to me, I have to be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. But I can't. <laughs> not that I said always in a jam, though. But no. But you know you're saying it's in the jam, though, right? Because some of them just yeah. complain. Yeah. I complain. Mm -hmm. For no reason at all. Like, That's you don't need to be sitting here complaining. I'm doing, I'm a woman, I'm doing yeah. what? Two times as much as you, mm -hmm. and I'm still making it work. Why can't you? But that doesn't mean. If you and I are in a committed relationship and I'm seeing you work, you're mm -hmm. always there for me. And the one time you reach out, I'm going to be like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it yeah. exactly. I, I also want to bring the point the point um about the housewife. Mm. Because a gold digger is is different from a housewife. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you mm -hmm. have you have women who have who have kids. And they decided uh, with their husband that they're going to stay home and mm -hmm. take yep. care of those kids. That's those job. women work. <laughs> That's okay. a job, my That's God. That's a job. Also. Yes. And you know, in in the whole conversation, we also ha we always have to acknowledge the housewife because mm -hmm. that woman wakes up with her husband and her children, and she goes to sleep sometimes after them. Yeah. Or yeah. So before that, them. Or wake up before them, four o'clock to cook, and all of these different things. So. This is also another thing, you know, sometimes people say, you know, she ain't doing nothing. She is doing. Yeah. She is doing. It's really overlooked yeah. now. Yeah. 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 I, I heard women mention a lot about standards and putting a cash in the table. What exactly are the standards, quote unquote, that women set when it comes to the financial status of their significant other? And, um, <laughs> As women earn more, there's a notion that the type of man they want shifts. So, um, for example, <laughs> Correct. I, I think I asked again this article as well. You might be dating a person on this level when you're a data clerk. Mm -hmm. Now you get promoted to a manager, and suddenly these men become <laughs> I need a man. This uh, <laughs> it, is not. Um, is there anything wrong with that? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm not asking you. Is that something that happens um, among women? I think yes and no. Yes, yes. Yeah. Please go ahead. Yeah. Yes and no because yes, a lot of people. I mean, as you grow, let's say you started working as a clerk or something at 21 and now you're 28 and you get mm -hmm. this big promotion or whatever you're working for, $400,000 um, and the person you're dating hasn't moved much, hasn't bothered to move much, has worked the same public service job for 10 years and doesn't 
doesn't care to branch out, I think that can cause a problem because you feel you're on this big ambitious drive, working so hard, it's seven years of experience and your degree and you're pushing and you're pushing. And this person's like, yeah, I work for the government and let me grow a recruiting once I pay the bills I are, right? And for a lot of people that becomes not enough because when you're earning a different level of money, when you're in a whole different tax bracket, you have to think differently. You're not earning $150,000 anymore. You're literally paying a different rate of tax. You're going to be surrounded by different people. Um, your life is going to be different. So if you go to the bank and now you need a mortgage, certain banks actually like don't consider, they will put you in an income bracket and say, this is the type of loan you can afford. So if you now have to have a whole joint something and if ministry of housing, there's a whole lot of variables. People tend to want to date people within their income structures and that's fine. There are times where sometimes um, one person's um, career might not take off as fast as the other and people stay in those relationships and that too is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, for example, you may get a new job, you may get a really big promotion, you get $100,000 extra um, and the person you were dating yesterday is still working for $100,000. That doesn't mean hey, I just leave this person. Mm -hmm. But if five, ten years down the line, you're... Mm, as people always bring up this whole ambition thing, it's just, it's bare minimum. to as a human being, want to grow. It's absolute bare minimum. I don't even think it's like, oh, I want a man with ambition. I really, if I have your children, please don't come and tell me I want a man with ambition. Human <laughs> beings are naturally ambitious people. We have fought our way out of everything from wars to slavery to everything. Human beings want to improve their lives. So if you're a human being and you don't want to improve your life or you're not actively taking steps, there will always be barriers. Something will always happen. But if you're not actively um, taking the steps and putting the things in place to move, then you can't just blame everybody around you and say, oh, well, the government is raising me salary. It, there's much more to life than that. So. For me, what? even as a small, um, like you said, starting from a date clerk and then moving up, then is when your um, type of guy that you're interested in changes. Uh, I've always wanted to be spoiled and live officially by some kind of millionaire. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I could have found a rice farm or some burbies or something. <laughs> but, um,. I think that for me, it didn't, I'm already a millionaire in my eyes, mm -hmm. right? And I already see myself at that standard. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm fine with my husband not wanting to be a millionaire as well. Mm -hmm. um, he can be the average guy and he can earn what he earns. Mm -hmm. And that's fine by me. I, I'll still... There's a lot more to relationships than money. Mm -hmm. um, I get so much peace out of my relationship as mm -hmm. opposed to my previous relationship where they had a lot of money. They could have done stuff for me, but mm -hmm. I don't want to have to deal with all the girls and all the stress and all the... I can make the money, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what it comes with? Keep it. <laughs> That's what it comes yeah. with, keep it. Um, Relationships are more dynamic than money, and so you mm. get, I get that peace, and I get that support out of a husband, and I don't have a man that is filled with these toxic masculine views and thoughts. Mm. He helps me, and he supports me, and he's there, mm -hmm. and so I'm in that zen, 
and I get to make my money. And still get your money. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that works for me. It's a win-win. Yeah. 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 That's the one relationship. Mm-hmm. What 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 I see in in terms of one person outgrowing the other is that I I find that after a while we take each other for granted. Mm-hmm. And so when when you met a partner, somebody that you are serious about, you need to listen and hear everything they say. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes in these conversations you get to know what that person wants for their life. Mm-hmm. And 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 I remember saying to my husband, he wants uh, he one time having we were just having a conversation. He says, I want a professional woman. I say, Well, so do I. I want a professional man. So that means if you were not at a particular level, get to where you where you need to get to, yeah. right? So so imagine he says that, and I all of a sudden I am just happy. I think at the time I was working working in Parliament office. So you know I just work in Parliament all my life and just be a usual um, handsad editor and you know mm. day in day out, mm. and then he rises to become whatever. He had already told me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, what did I do about it? Right. And that, mm-hmm. that for me is, is you know, is, is the kind of public servant mentality that some persons, you know, not, not saying anything bad about public servants, but some people have those mentalities that I work for the government, I'm going to get my gratuity at the end of, of whatever, so I don't need to do much. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the man is busy telling you he wants a professional woman, he, he wants a woman who goes to university, he wants, he wants, he wants, and you are not hearing him. So midway, there's a huge crisis mm-hmm. because yeah. he's gone in the university and he see pretty girls <laughs> in the university and, and there's a big fallout yeah. because we have not heard mm-hmm. when each other's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, can, can I jump right yes, on that? Sure. I think, again, when I spoke earlier about knowing what you want as a person, mm-hmm. like that helps so mm-hmm. much. You know, before you get into a relationship or before you start to share your life mm-hmm. with someone else, just knowing upfront, well, these are my boundaries, these are my expectations, this is what I want for myself, mm-hmm. this is how I see my life in the next few years. <laughs> So that when you get into that, that person is just coming to compliment what you already have, you know, or add to what you already have. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot. You <laughs> asked a question earlier. That, yes. yes. Oh, so for me, I feel like I feel like it, that has to do with self growth as well and evolvement as a person. Not just not just where you make money wise, just like how you you grow as a person. You like you you learn more, you become wiser, and you realize. Like for me personally, like the guys I was dating in my early twenties earned guys I would date now that I'm almost thirty, right? So it's like you realize that you know, like you're you're uh, you have a different mindset. Mm-hmm. You've grown mentally, mm-hmm. and you want someone who could embrace and complement that. That new you, that mm-hmm. growing you. I think a yeah. quick thing is that, um, for example, it depends on your professions, right? Um, because he might rise to the top of his field. I'm going to use a plumber as an example. He might mm-hmm. own a plumbing business. He might be taking home maybe, let's say, $300,000 a month after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he might be an expert in his field. But that might be the cup for now. Um, but you might be um, a lawyer or something. So both of you are very ambitious. Both of you are working. Both of you might be at the top of your fields. You might be out earning him by several hundreds of thousands of dollars, several millions over a year. 
Um, your career might take you to places that his might not, but that does not mean that he might be less of a person, less worthy of dating. Mm-hmm. You're both where you said you wanted to be, mm-hmm. but that journey has carried you to different places. So I see a lot of people, and it's fine, I guess, have issues dating people who earn less than them. And of course, if that's fine if you believe so. Um, but sometimes, not every professional, unless this man is an engineer or a lawyer and you may be a teacher, there's no... In many cases, there's no guaranteed way to make sure that, unless you're like changing the personal date every two years, there's no guaranteed way to um, say that I will always earn less than my husband or I will always learn, you know, I will always be the person earning less because my man has to earn more. Mm -hmm. So unless you know for sure that you're in a profession that might cop out at a certain Mm -hmm. amount and his might be on and on and on, then sometimes you do have to make allowances for the fact that you might out earn the man and that's fine. Once the money comes in the house, it's coming. Mm-hmm. about me or whatever that is but 
communication and, and ensure that you try and listen and, and uh, for me any relationship work anywhere communication is so key yes mm-hmm. in, in relationships when dealing with money and things like that you have to make sure that what we agreed on at the start of the relationship might change yeah. can change mm-hmm. and so you have to make sure that you're doing check-ins mm-hmm. and you're communicating with your partner to say hey when we first started I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but mm-hmm. now I think I want to Do go out there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to get my degree, or I want to. Mm-hmm. And we have to. It's important that you can be able to reach each other mm-hmm. halfway. So where I might want a special type of man, or you might want a special type of woman, you came into this relationship knowing that I am not that, and you are not that, right? Mm-hmm. But together, speaking with each other. We try to meet on some kind of common ground. Mm-hmm. I might can't be that that full one hundred, mm-hmm. but we try to um, fit in with each other. Where okay, you want somebody, you want a rich wife or a professional wife, or you want a wife that mm-hmm. contributes to the household. Okay, I can maybe find a remote job where I can work from home, home, and I can bring in some yes. income. That's fine. I'm still at home. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. So you gotta be able to. Speak yeah. with each other, check in with each other mm-hmm. because you might be changing and growing vastly, and I'm not checking in with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just going to yeah, you're going to despise yeah. me like you just sit down there, and we we didn't tell each other what. Yeah. And, and there's another issue on this 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 whole situation, and that is the 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 issue of mutual respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know we go out. You are a, a, a big time engineer. And you are okay with your wife being, you know, maybe a stay-at-home mom, or maybe working like like Matthew said, as a clerk in in in, a, in an office. But you go out with your friends, and you want to tell her, oh no no no, you don't understand this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, she feels yeah, less yeah. a person yeah. behaving mm-hmm. exactly. So so you the, the issue is that once this communication has happened bet- between you, you are living your life. But you need to also always respect each other, you know. Or your husband is a plumber and you are a lawyer, so you are talking about the law and repealing the law and blah blah blah. And he said, "Well, I don't agree." You say, "But what do you know about this?" Right. You know, right. these things are demeaning, and and that is important too. Now, I as as you wrap up, I I have a question. Okay, please. I'm just saying on the same topic because I'm going to use my, my life as an example. <laughs> there are certain girls I would have approached probably three, three or four years ago mm-hmm. and probably never got to respond. Now, no celebrities. They're the ones now which you know, the entire the entire circumstance and situation is shifted. I I I don't understand that. <laughs> I say nothing. Like, that, that's what we've been talking about. You know that you know when I was here, and I'm probably still here, but this is the perception yeah, now. That's first. That is changed. And you think now, mm-hmm. I'm at a different level. Mm-hmm. Right? 
wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should. I don't think you should be offended by that. I should. I think that you should feel good about that because she had a particular standard for herself, and she right. still has. And you just didn't meet that standard, and now that you do, I think. Yeah, you grow. You grow. So you say that okay, something I did wrong. I'm doing mm-hmm. something because the girl. But she's now, interested. now you can politely let her know that, uh, that you're not here. A slightly, slightly, slightly different perspective. I saw a meme. I saw a meme recently that said, um, "Girls see you looking good in public, then respond to your message from 2016." Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. yeah, like because now, now you have our yeah. attention, right? right? right. Yeah. So, so, but so I don't think it's a, I don't think we mean to be disrespectful or anything. Uh, we were just busy, and now we got around. <laughs> 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 and now we got around. <laughs> and now we got around to seeing it. Yeah. 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 I'm not fully agree, but I understand to that point where maybe the person or you in this case you weren't appealing for several reasons, and again perception because. You may be at the same level, yeah. just that you're now on social media and your face right. is out there. It may not yeah. mean that you're making a million. Mm. It could mean, mm. but then she's assuming that, or they're assuming yeah. that. Eh? So it gives you the impression of gold digging kind of thing. I get it. Um, and personally, we, we all have been in this thing where like, if he wasn't shooting with me in the gym, why, why are you at me now? Yeah. Right. You know? I get that as well. But I, I think, again, it comes back to communication. Why left? Why why leave the person? Why leave me for right on scene? You know, <laughs> you leave me already. Just say, just start my right Just say, I'm not interested at this right. point, yeah. or yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then, to me, I would respect somebody more mm-hmm. in that sense. And so, I get where you come from. Like, why women do that? Because generally, <laughs> again, women don't know how to communicate sometimes. Certain things don't want to make people feel bad, yeah. but then they don't understand that leaving somebody on on red is making them feel bad. And then when you're gonna come at me three years later when yeah. you see my face out there, I'm going to be inclined to be like, girl. <laughs> so girl, my, like, my arms. So I kind of get it, but it comes back to again for me communication. Mm-hmm. And you have every right to either leave them on red. Yes. <laughs> but you can be the bigger person yeah. and, and respond. And the and you didn't them. respond to me at this point. Yeah, I'm trying to find out why. Why? Like, why? Yeah. This, a message <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to sort of bring on the point because I have a best friend who's male and for many years, well, he's, honestly, he's probably the definition of what a nerd is to me and to him. Um, but then he got a new job over the last year and a half or so and his percep- the perception has changed and the girls that would not look his direction a year and a half ago mm-hmm. are literally running, crawling, begging, screaming, crying. But he's still a nerd now. And yes, he's, he's the same person. Nothing has changed, but the perception has changed. Now he got on a little suit and tie and now somebody think ahead. It's some big ministry official. When really, he's just not a public servant working, doing what he needs to do. But um, he often says this thing that, you know, men are worth more than their money and all of that. And I tend to agree with him a lot of times um, because while what all of you said can be true at the same time, another thing that can be true is that um, I see this man, this man and I see that he earns more. And yes, it may be my standard, but um, a lot of men might feel like uh, my money is what was worth her time and she would not have loved me. Mm-hmm. Or being interested in me if I didn't have this perceived, if I didn't meet this standard, which is fine. But 
it's like um me he's a girl of a certain size you understand if i if i message a guy and i'm interested in him for any reason and besides me want a t-shirt and a t-shirt a little too burning on fatness you know um and maybe i go to the gym and i get really serious or whatever let's say i slim down 15 pounds and i get abs or some miraculous thing and he messages me of course i don't feel away of course i'm going to feel like this man wants me for my body and that he might have honestly not liked girls my sorry that's not his preference and now i'm his preference but rightfully, I still feel like I want yeah. to be loved for, uh, even though physical attraction is a big thing, I do want to be loved for something deeper than my body, just as many men will want to be loved for something deeper than their ability to provide, right? So that's just that. Well, well for me, so I was the nerd. I was the from four years old. Wow. So I was like the girl with the, with the, with the bottom, what is it? The, 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 <laughs> Right? So some people just didn't see me, you know, mm-hmm. and that was okay with me. Because they were the ones who really did see me were, were up to the day my true friends. Right. So so over time we were all all in the A class. But I was also the girl who was in the A class but didn't make it for a QC. Mm. So all of a sudden more friends dropped off because yeah. you you know, you're not now standard, mm-hmm. It's a similar thing. So you so you know you walk through the streets, you see the people you went to school with, they look through you like you're not there. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, this, this nerd continues on her journey and she leaves, she leaves the Caribbean, she heads to Europe, she studies, she blah, 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 she comes back like a hot shot. All of a sudden, everybody is, your, is not your friend. And who I knew, I knew, I'm, I'm that way. You know, right. so, so my girlfriends are my friends, mm-hmm. and and some of the very boys that would not even look your way, you know, so all of a sudden who want to take me out to this, to that, that, that. Yeah. I'm like, no, not interested right. because you there was a time, and then the nerd became some of their boss, mm-hmm. so that became even another story to tell. Mm-hmm. So. You know, don't laugh at the nerd. He might turn wrong, or she might turn wrong, and become your boss. But that make you feel good, like that. That made me feel very good. But I'll tell you what: in 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 looking back on it, my my experiences could have been different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, even even there, there were a few of them who used to jeer me and even call me um, blind because my glasses were thick. Right. <laughs> I look like a nerd, and and I'm not even scared to say. So the, the point is, over time, as you as you flourish, you will see those same people coming. Mm-hmm. But you would probably be on a different trajectory because I was. Mm-hmm. I was on self self development. I was in, on developing people, and so mm-hmm. on. So I, the the quick high and how you doing it didn't hurt me. Right. So you know, sometimes you give me one of those handsome smiles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because I think you will, yeah. then, then, then all of a sudden you'll see more of them coming. Yeah. But you know, the yeah. nice quiet lady who was always nice to you will still be there. Yeah. You know, I have that, I, I've had that, this is my life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, thank you guys for uh, uh, being an amazing panel. Uh, I really enjoyed tonight's session. And I want to encourage you guys to tune in again 
we, we're taking like two weeks break. We'll be back in April. Uh, we need to refuel and refresh so we're stronger and better. Uh, so we'll be back in April for the next episode of Common Sense. Uh, I can't say now who's going to be on, but April is stock season. I mm. might have the tax guys on. Uh, we're talking about taxes, right? But women and money, uh, thank you very much, Charlie, for wonderful uh, women. We really enjoyed tonight's session, and don't forget to like the page, uh, follow us on Common Sense on Instagram and YouTube, and don't forget to pick up your merch. As you can see, I have one wonderful jersey here. Girls just want to have fun. You can pick up yours at OMAU. That's located at Tower Suites uh, on Main Street. And don't forget to grab your Lucas here. And have a wonderful night. And oh, before you go, don't forget to tune in to uh, my good friend Gabby's show. It's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, 97.5 FM. Uh, for more conversations about women and everything, all the other aspects of women that I can't touch on, on this podcast, you can tune in to Gabby's show to learn more about those stuff. And from mommy can't be a failure gotta be somebody gonna make some money yeah common sense you can't be a dunce dog you gotta get sense save every dollar make investments can't surround yourself with bare silly friends watch common sense with my facebook instagram plus youtube get some lucas aid and link with your group money conversations is what we do gosh Common sense, you can't be a dunce dog, you gotta get sense Save every dollar, make investments, can't surround yourself with bare silly friends Watch Common Sense with Machu, Facebook, Instagram, plus YouTube Get some Lucas Aid and link with your crew, money conversations is what we do